Welcome to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, your guide to good food, good health, and a good life. And now, here's your host, Nutrition Network Advisor and author of the Nourishment Mindset, Dixie Huey. Happy Transformation Tuesday, y'all. Welcome to or back to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, where we are on a metabolic mission to help people achieve vitality and reverse chronic lifestyle conditions using real whole foods, straight talk, and the pleasures of the table. Thank you so much to all who have bought my book, The Nourishment Mindset. I love getting questions and comments from readers and listeners, so please keep those coming. Today's episode, I have stolen the title from chapter 11 of my book. I'm calling it Big Food Begets Big Butts, and this was inspired by a listener, so thank you. This listener wanted to be anonymous, so I will honor that. Before I get into the meat of today's episode, I do want to make an announcement. For the past 39 weeks, this has been a weekly podcast coming out every Tuesday. I am now transitioning this to a bi-weekly or twice-monthly podcast. Reason being, I would like more time to promote my book and go on other people's shows. And with a full-time health coaching job, it is just no longer possible for me to crank this baby out every week. So I'm going to start. This will be this Tuesday. And from now on, you'll hear from me every other Tuesday. But I will also be putting out other content, um, such as the writing I am doing, um, other shows that are interviewing me, that sort of thing. So Thank you all again for listening and always giving me great feedback, questions, etc. We're going to keep it going, just dial it back a notch in the spirit of balance. But what I want to talk about today is on page 60 of my book, where I talk about basically every ultra-processed food. It's a simple recipe, and it's these things. First, you have your heart healthy. And if you're watching on YouTube, you see the quote marks, heart healthy grains. This is subsidized filler that's sugar to your liver. I am not saying that all grains are bad for human health, but the crap that's put in ultra processed foods, this is not healthy. So that's ingredient number one. This is basically a math equation plus ingredient number two heart healthy vegetable oils. These are Dr. Kate Shanahan's hateful eight, canola, corn, cottonseed, soybean, safflower, sunflower, rice bran, and grapeseed. So these are little metabolic wrecking balls and they are ubiquitous and they are in all ultra processed foods. Go on YouTube, find a video, how do you make vegetable seed oils, and you will see this stuff comes, they were um, chemical solvents to begin with. They come out of the machines that press them black gunk, basically looks like mud out in the lake on the golf course uh, behind my house, and then they are bleached and deodorized and put into our food system. So is it really a surprise that these are horrible for human health? The next thing, so we got grains plus these toxic seed oils, plus sugars and sweeteners. 
It's about 200 different names for sweeteners. You can guarantee one of these little addictive puppies is in your ultra processed foods. Maybe not just one, maybe five, 10, I don't know. Plus additives and what they call natural flavors. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that natural flavors ain't natural. That's just what they're called. It's putting lipstick on a pig. It's food marketing. So these are untested chemicals like MSG, dyes, all sorts of things, you name it. There's thousands of them. So that's ultra processed foods, highly processed grains, toxic oils, sugar in its 200, probably by now there's 250. They're probably making up a new one every two days. And these uh, added chemicals, emulsifiers, uh, flavors, natural or otherwise, this is why this food is horrible for human health. So I'm gonna share a little image with y'all. You can find this on the internet. If you're watching on YouTube, you're just gonna see me share my screen. So this is the big 10. This is 10 food companies that control basically all of ultra processed food. I found this from a Business Insider article uh, in 2016. So there may be some movements, some acquisition, whatnot. But if you look at this, if you're looking at this, if not, I'll, I'll read it to you. But basically, we've got Nestle, Coca-Cola, Unilever, Danon, Mars, Mondelez, Associated British Foods, Kellogg's, General Mills, PepsiCo. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. These 10 players, when you see this image, it's unbelievable. It's every processed food that you could possibly imagine, just layer upon layer upon layer. But it's all controlled by this big 10. And as I said, I gave you their recipe. Super cheap ingredients, super relatively expensive to you and me, and profitable to them. So what's the like capitalist uh, to say? Well, hey, it's your choice what you buy. Sure, absolutely. It is your choice what you buy. But here's the problem. These wreck human health. So even though the cost of a bag of Frito-Lay, I'm just picking on anything, you know, might be, I don't know, is it $3 for however it comes? Fine. But what does that actually cost you metabolically? So I don't bring this up to be the food police or, or judge and jury. That's not the point. The point is that a lot of people like this slide is what they're eating all of the time. None of this is real food. It's all metabolic wrecking ball. And as I said, it's horrible for human health. So there is a difference between an occasional dalliance in a bag of Frito-Lays or what pick your poison um, and, and, an American diet that is largely this. And unfortunately, that is a lot of people. So suck this slide into your brain and think about that. Think about, my point is, this is not even food. So we should stop calling this stuff food. Speaking of the big 10 and the web of ultra processed food, I thought I would share a few with you. These were given to me in a little bag when I picked up a Walmart order recently. I was stocking up on some essentials such as my Primal Kitchen, avocado oil, mayonnaise, other things, but mostly water because guess what? It's hurricane season again here in 
Florida. So you got to get a lot of water and you got to be stocked up. But let's just see what free goodies Walmart gave me. What's in here? Well, and I'm not going to go through all of them because it's quite a sack. Tackies, which I've never heard of. Intense nacho, artificially flavored tortilla chips. So we got corn flour, vegetable oil, mm, soybean and canola. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Seasoning, which is salt, milk, malodextrin, more vegetable oil, more soybean oil. Natural and artificial flavors whey, tomato powder, onion powder. Here comes a good one. Monosodium glutamate MSG. Yum, yum. That is what I'm looking for when I am eating. Just good old MSG. Some cheeses, some hydrolyzed corn protein, dextrose, yellow number six, food dyes. So good for human health. Awesome. Citric acid preservative. Great for gut health, really spices and some more silicon dioxide, et cetera, et cetera. A bunch of stuff I cannot pronounce. Sorry, folks, not food. Cliff Bar. Now this is fun because I used to eat Cliff Bars when I raced triathletes. These are what they call thins. If you are watching, you see it's very thin. So this is probably healthy, right? Well, we got oat flour, some more oats, some cane sugar, some brown rice syrup. Guess what that is? Sugar. Brown rice flour, sunflower oil. There's your seed oils. Macadamia nuts. Those are good. Rice flour, natural flavors. We know all about those. Cocoa butter, sea salt, mm, soy lecithin. So yummy soy flour and mixed tocopherols or something. I don't know what that is. They say antioxidant, but I'm calling bullshit. Still not food. Sorry. And then the last one I'll pick on are these really cute little waffle cone snacks. I've never seen these. Milk chocolate. So let's see what we have in here. Wheat flour, sugar, coconut fat. That sounds actually pretty good. Sunflower lecithin. Uh -uh. caramelized sugar syrup that's just sugar milk chocolate whole milk powder blah 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 soy lecithin vanilla extract so again this there's more in this bag it's all junk it ain't food I'll tell you that you want to snack on one of these once in a while that's between you and your maker <laughs> I ain't perfect either but please just don't call it food because it's not the heart of this episode is an article that a listener sent me. This is the same anonymous listener. So I am going to maintain confidence here. I do appreciate it very much though. The article is from a publication that I had actually never heard of before. It's called The Cut. It looks like it's actually New York Magazine perhaps. Um, but anywho, this is an April 20th article. I will link it in the show notes. And of course, if you're one of my Substack subscribers, it will be linked there as well as this image that I just showed you of the Big Ten ultra processed food companies. If you're not a Substack subscriber, just simply punch in, take a second right now, favorfat.substack.com. And that way you'll get everything from me. So this article in the cut, is called, What If You Weren't Scared of Your Kid Being Fat? 
The subtitle is journalist Virginia Soul Smith wants to change the way parents think about healthy eating. Hmm. So of course this gets my attention. All right, let's find out what this is. I don't know this woman. So I'm going to read you part, not all of the article and give you some of my commentary. And then we'll get into the crux of the matter, which is childhood obesity, really. So in an early episode of her podcast, Burnt Toast, Virginia Soul Smith joked about starting a regular segment called Can My Kid Eat That? Where the answer would always be yes. So to me, this is sort of sounding like everyone gets a participation trophy already, but okay, throttle back, Dixie. A self-described anti-diet journalist, she wasn't really joking. I get a version of this question every single week, so I'm going to keep answering it. How many days per week can a two-year-old eat ice cream? There are seven days in a week. Your child can have ice cream seven days a week. There's no law against this. What about a 13-year-old who left her, their own devices there? 13-year-old, that's not really correct grammar, his or her own devices, would eat an entire box of Oreos. Pour a glass of milk, she says, so they can dunk them? Okay. So... I'm starting to feel the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Again, not because I'm a food police. I love sharing a delicious ice cream celebration with my kid on the last day of school. He wanted a banana split at our local ice cream shop. So guess what? We went there, we celebrated, we enjoyed, I had some, and that's that. But are we really, we're, we're doing that every day? I don't think so. There's a few reasons. Well, one, how would that be a treat? if we were eating a banana split every day. Like anything, it would lose its luster. But more importantly, that's not good for human metabolic health. And the, the example she uses, so there's one thing, there's like absolutely delicious homemade ice cream. My mom used to make rum raisin. Oh my gosh, y'all, still knocks my socks off. But Oreos, that's not food. That comes from that web that I just showed you. And I told you the four ingredients. It's always the same. Metabolic health wrecking balls. So no, I'm sorry. I don't agree with this. We should not let a child polish off a bag of Oreos, nor should we be eating ice cream seven days a week. Uh, what, what planet are we on? So Soul Smith says, Oreos come up a lot, laughing while snacking on a bowl of Cheez-Its in her home office. I mean, like Oreos, fine. But it's really the fact you're not letting yourself have Oreos that makes it feel like, oh, my God, I'll be powerless over them. OK, so I, I don't disagree with her there. There's certainly like a psychological aspect when you're restricting or not. But here's the thing she's not bringing up and doesn't in the article. These foods are created to be addictive. The shit put in the foods is addictive. And it interferes with your metabolic functioning. So the whole thing where I can't just eat one, that's not a joke. That's actually because they're made to be addictive. So apparently this soul smith seems more amused than exasperated. She finds herself repeating this point often. Restricting food only makes us more obsessed with it. Yes and no. You know, again, if it's no ice cream ever again, forever, certainly if someone is battling psychological issues that could 
be an, a problem, but that doesn't mean that we should, you know, there's, there's restricting food on one end that that's sort of an eating disorder. And then to me on the other end, sorry, soul Smith, it's an eating disorder as well. We're, we're not eating Cheez-Its, Oreos, and ice cream whenever we feel like whenever we want. That's not balanced, nor is it healthy. So, you know, she she argues that, you know, supposedly we've been programmed to believe that allowing kids unlimited access to sugar and processed food is unhealthy or even bad parenting. And a central premise of her work is that actually it isn't. Okay, I'm sorry. I completely disagree. Unlimited access to sugar and processed foods, that is unhealthy and that is shitty parenting. It's not just bad parenting, it's shitty parenting. Here's why, folks. Pre-COVID, 20% of our children were considered obese. I don't mean overweight, like going through a phase, a growing phase. I mean obese. This is a new thing. This is not in our evolutionary history. This is directly related to ultra processed foods. The Oreos, the ice cream, and the Cheez-Its that Soul Smith is arguing that we should just have unlimited access to. I'm sorry. No, you develop obesity as a child, you will have a lifetime of health problems. Type 2 diabetes, a cause near and dear to my heart and my work, used to be called adult onset diabetes. Well, it can't be called that anymore because children are being diagnosed with this. So Soul Smith, again, sorry. So, no, I do agree with her on this point. We don't want to be like our moms with their point counting, all the 80s and 90s dieting, calories counting, all of that stuff. I, I certainly don't disagree there, nor with her points about wanting kids to feel good in their bodies. Of course, not wanting kids to have eating disorders. Of course, but here's the problem. If you're eating a ton of this crap, you're not going to feel good in your body. If you have metabolic disease as a child, you are sick. You are not going to feel good in your body. So I I don't know the woman enough. I, I really appreciated being sent this article. I agree that we shouldn't all be going toward this unhealthy ideal of thin, but I think she's missing the point entirely. The point is not fat or thin. The point is metabolic health. The point is vitality. The point when we're talking about kids is being content, having an ability to focus, to learn, to enjoy, to play sports, to do art, to learn instruments. If the kid is drowning in a sea of metabolic mush of ultra processed foods, None of this is going to happen. So <laughs> I, I still kind of can't believe when I am reading this that there are people out there arguing to just let kids eat untold amounts of garbage, ultra-processed foods. So she says later in the article, the real danger to a child in a larger body is how we treat them for having that body. That's because it is clear that experiencing weight stigma is associated with all sorts of health issues, including heart disease, diabetes, high cholesterol. I would never 
fat shame. Uh, that doesn't help anyone. But it's not wake stigma that's associated with those conditions, heart disease, diabetes, and high cholesterol, which is a whole nother topic. It's being obese. It's not the stigma of being obese. It's literally being obese. The stigma is not a causal factor of metabolic health conditions. So again, Soul Smith, your heart is in the right place, but this is not helpful uh, by and large. So you can say, okay, I'm obese. And I don't, by the way, parentheses, yet have metabolic issues. That can be true. You can be obese and have a, say, A1C, three-month blood sugar of under pre-diabetic threshold. That doesn't mean you're without health issues. And it certainly doesn't mean uh, that they are not coming. Furthermore, are you vital? Are you living your best life? I don't think so. Again, I agree with her. We shouldn't be obsessing over thinness. This is not what it's about. It is about metabolic health, y'all. Thing that Soul Smith says is that she has accepted that the reality of life with young children is sometimes they eat Cheerios for three meals per day and it's fine. Vegetables are the least important part to me, she says. They have their whole lives to decide if they want to eat kale. Her pantry is stocked with puff Cheez-Its, extra toasty Cheez-Its, and goldfish. Yes, that's three different kinds of orange crackers, plus Girl Scout cookies, chewy granola bars. Okay, again, I'm sorry. As a parent, you have the responsibility to introduce your children to real food. None of what was mentioned is food. It's the crap that I talked about with the recipe with the four ingredients. The French do this beautifully. They begin introducing fruits and vegetables in a pureed fashion. And over time, it's, it becomes a non-puree. It becomes small pieces of, say, squash or peach. And then it becomes just as the family eats. Her whole thing of just loosey-goosey, put a bunch of junk in the pantry and they can figure out health later. Again, I don't agree with that because here's the thing. Just like it's easier to learn a foreign language as a younger person because the muscles of your mouth are more amenable to making the shapes that it takes to make certain um, accents from certain languages, it's the same thing with your palate. The palate of a child is very amenable to learning. That's part of the discovery of children is the palate. The French know this intuitively. So to just not even offer your children real food and just say they can figure that out later, what, by the time that they're obese and have type 2 diabetes? Sorry, I just don't get it. So in closing... I think that as parents, we have a responsibility to show our children balance. We need to start with real whole foods. The French know that sometimes you need to introduce a child to a food 10 times before they really know if they like it or not. So we have a few rules. Yes, I'm that uh, dogmatic in my house about food. One is the dinner that's made is the dinner that you will eat if you choose to eat. There is no clearing of plates, anything like that. The rule is 
A, this is the food. B, you choose how much you eat. And C, we ask that you try a little bit of everything, even if it's new or it smells or whatever excuse. But of course, you don't have to finish it. It's yours to figure out how much. But there's not going to be a second dinner. And when people say to us, oh, you know, Fletcher, he eats so well. It's not a freaking accident, y'all. This is how he's been raised. And this is something that as someone who grew up as a child and had extremely bad eating disorder, I did not want to raise a child or children who had this. And so I've been really careful about, and I'm not saying I'm perfect, but you can't go one way where it's all real whole foods and there's never that ice cream sundae, but I am certainly not going down the ice cream sundae every day route because this does nothing for a child's health. So I hope this was helpful. I hope that you all learned something, that this article and discussion made you think. If you disagree with me, please let me have it. Tell me why I'm wrong. I am always here to learn. Also, if you have a topic for a future show, I would love to answer questions as I did for Amy in last week's podcast where we talked about hypertension, as I did for our anonymous listener this week who wanted me to talk about this giant food web. So if you've got a burning question or topic, please let me have it. Otherwise, please help me spread the news about our metabolic mission to help people achieve vitality and reverse chronic lifestyle conditions using the nourishment mindset. Have a wonderful couple of weeks, and I'll see you in two Tuesdays, y'all. Yeah.